Welcome back to the Feed the Game podcast. This is your host, Deontay.24K, back in here with my host. Yeah, Terrell Hill, live from Large Correction Center. You can hit me up at JPay at 880-679. Okay, so um, I've been in communication with uh, one of our previous guests, Thomas, Thomas Hill, and he's put us in contact with a very interesting lady, and she's doing pretty cool things in the incarceration system out here in Washington. So um, I wanted to introduce herself, and we can get started on what she's doing and, you know, how it's really impacting a lot of uh, inmates out here and what what it's actually doing. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself whenever you're ready. <laughs> sure. Uh, hi, I'm Tanya Erzin. I'm a professor at the University of Puget Sound, and I run a program, a nonprofit called the Freedom Education Project, Puget Sound, and we provide uh, college classes, accredited college classes for women who are in prison and hoping to expand and um, for men as well. Well, I had, uh, can you expound on, you know, more what you do in the sense of how it can benefit, you know, uh, individuals incarcerated and individuals transitioning to the streets? Sure. Uh, I just I want to say that this idea came from the women in the prison. They actually invited a group of professors in, and they said, look, we some of them had money um, from uh, a, a federal grant, and they really wanted, they said, we want college classes. So from the beginning, we worked with that group of students, and we still have make a lot of the decisions about the program and what we offer and what we do with those with those women. Um, basically, we offer our, our the main goal and our principle is that we want to teach the same quality of classes on the inside as we would on the outside and on, on our campuses. And so we have faculty that teach at the University of Washington, Puget, University of Puget Sound, Pacific Lutheran, uh, Evergreen. And when we come in to teach at the prison, we have the same expectations, they're the same quality as what we would do on the outside because I, we really don't believe that there should be special classes for people in prison, that people in prison should have access to the best possible education that they want. And our classes are right now, when people take them there, they go towards an Associates of Arts and Science degree. Tacoma Community College provides the credits, but the professors, like I said, are from everywhere. So this June, we had our first graduates, and next year we'll have about 15 to 20 women graduating with their associate's degree. Wow. Wow. Pretty powerful. That's pretty powerful. And, you know, that's something for you to devote your life and have the passion, you know, to invest in these women and everyone else incarcerated is a, is a good thing, you know, not just in your profession, but, you know, showing what type of woman you are and what you believe in and how you feel that, you know, uh, people that, you know, are unfortunately, you know, behind bars, whatever the case may be, that, you know, you're offering them another opportunity to, you know, bounce back and to, you know, get their life in order. So when they do transition to the streets that, you know, they have that extra push, you know, intellectually, you know, it's very important because, you know, some people just, you know, consider people dead when they get incarcerated or cast them aside or, you know, they forgot about them. Uh, why would they get educated? You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot that comes with, you know, educating yourself, especially when you got an opportunity to come back to the streets and society. So I'm really, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, really, 
I totally agree with you. I completely agree. I'm sorry to interrupt. I, I think we, t as a society, we, like you said, we just, we put people in prison and maybe we offer a few programs, but it's like you judge. I mean, I, I say over and over for people to stop. I'm in all these meetings and people keep referring to the women in the prison or, or our students as offenders. And it's like we judge people by the mistakes they made or maybe the worst thing they did instead of saying, Everybody has the capacity to be different. Do we want to just keep having people stuck in prison forever, or do we want to, you know, provide ways for people to change their lives? And I really think education is one thing. Obviously, you, when you get out, you need housing, you need a job. But what education does is it doesn't say to you, like, hey, you have to do this. You can take this vocational program, so you have to be a welder or you have to be a cosmetologist. And, uh, and those are great jobs, and for some people, they're they're terrific. But I think what an education says is, what are you interested in? What do you think about this? What do you think about the world? What do you want to be? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to make policy? And I actually really believe that this work, ultimately, more and more people getting out of prison who can go to school and, and get these kind of jobs, that if people like you who should be running these programs and should be the ones talking to policymakers and talking to the legislators and saying, like, this is what we need to be doing, not I have an experience in incarceration, but the more people we educate, the more that they can be the leaders in this movement to ultimately, you know, end, end this crazy system that we have. We have way too many people in prison. No, I definitely agree with you, Tanya. And I, I feel like I, I really appreciate the fact that these women took the initiative to seek knowledge because a lot of these women are actually mothers. They have oh, kids, yeah. you know, and it's 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 kind of hard, you know, already when you're in prison, especially for women, because I was actually talking to you about this previously before, Terrell, but it's like women, especially locked up, are kind of like disregarded. I know men are disregarded, but women, a lot of their family members don't even come and visit them while they're in prison. So it's kind of like almost they're sitting there just to rot, and it's like, I really appreciate the fact that these women were hungry for knowledge and just wanted to continue to elevate themselves, even though the circumstances that they're in. Yeah, that's yeah that's definitely. Important. Most most definitely important. And, you know, this is one of my things, too, that I stew on a lot when I talk to people about certain things as far as education or whatever they may do or politics is that, you know, it, it, it's funny how in our society, you know, we uh, – put people in prison, and then when they get out, you have to go to school, you have to have a job as far as your parole guidelines or your probational guidelines, but then you can't vote. So my thing is that if I have to pay taxes, I should be able to vote. It's funny how the government would take your tax money, but then they don't see the sense in allowing you to vote. I understand certain states and certain crimes that you may have that you're able to vote, but a lot of people, it's like, how can you take someone's tax money and then offer the opportunity to vote on whatever the case may be and, and be able to push for things that, you know, can help people because there's not so many people out there in the world that's actually standing behind or on a vanguard type of stance for people transitioning back into the community. It's kind of like, you know, it is what it is, you know, and it's, and it's weird. Yeah. It's, just, it's, just, it's just weird to me. There's actually this great organization that we work with that you all should do talk to on your podcast, and they're called Civil Survival. And it's um two you might it's these they've hired two people who who are formerly incarcerated, uh, one of them is, and I can tell you their names but 
they are basically, the work they're doing is exactly what you're talking about, is educating people about what their civil and legal rights are when they're out of prison. You know, your rights to housing, they're trying to change legislation about voting, they're trying to do work um, with unions, so unions will hire people. They're trying to do work like what are your rights with custody. All that stuff is so important, and that's another partner that we have. Um, and, they're, and the people doing that work are formerly incarcerated people, so they're educating other people as they're getting out. And just quickly about the women I, uh, you mentioned, I, I totally agree that sometimes they're really neglected because they are a smaller proportion of the overall prison population, but they're the fastest growing part of the prison population. And like you said, so many are mothers. And when they get out, they're the, usually the primary uh, caretakers for their kids. And when a kid sees a, his mom or her mom going to school, even in prison, that has such a profound impact because that kid says, oh, if my mom is doing this, you know, I can possibly do this. I can make that choice as a, in, and go to college instead of you know, this cycle we have where so many uh, kids with parents in prison end up being in prison themselves. And so that that is a really big motivation for us, too, is that this will have an impact on families and communities so that we don't have this ongoing cycle. And, and, and that's kind of segueing into my next question, because I, I have a question for you. Um, really, is how important do you feel education is for prisoners transitioning, you know, back into the community? But, you know, that in order to uh, curb uh, recidivism rates because, you know, some people just have people just marked to be career criminals. It doesn't matter what they do, what they say, their actions, their performance. It's just, you know, some people that are sitting in political positions or, you know, whatever the case may be, have that bias that a criminal is always going to be a criminal. No matter if they get a bachelor's, an AA, a master's, and do what they do. So how important do you feel that for the the, the the individual man or woman, the education will kind of help curb the recidivism rate. Oh, I think it's one of the most important things. And the RAND Corporation did this study, and so there's evidence for this. And it says that a person is 43% less likely to return to prison when they receive an education. And, you know, you all, you know this, but... I mean, do you see a lot of people in prison who have college degrees? No, you don't. So the more education a person has, the less likely they're going to go to prison or return to prison. I mean, it, it, it on the outside, even if you haven't had the experience of incarceration, the way the job market is now, you have to have some basic education just to, to get to do anything. But what education does, it opens people's minds in this way. I was just writing about one of our students who she says she's a she's in college, she's a poet, she does spoken word, and she talks about dreaming over the wall, that education allows people to dream over the wall, and not just the literal wall of the prison, but all the walls that we have in our lives that say, like, you're not smart enough, you're not good enough, you're always going to be a criminal, you're always going to be defined by this, the mistake, and instead it says, you are part of this bigger world. You have the capacity for change. You can decide what you want to do. And you can imagine what it does is allow people to imagine a different and, and create a different life for themselves. And nothing does that in such a profound way as education does. That's, you know, that's how really profound because, you know, there's, there's people that just have their ingrained biases and prejudice towards people who are incarcerated and, you know, but the light is never shunned on, you know, more or less the prison industrial complex and the people who, 
you know, you read probably Michelle Alexander's book, The New Jim Crow. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. you know, it's just so many different perspectives that, you know, people choose to gloss over based upon what their agenda or their intentions is. And it's just all about, you know, these criminals, these criminals, these criminals. But, you know, there are individuals who are trying to, you know, better themselves for themselves, for their family, for their relationship, for their companies, for their, you know, whatever the case may be, you know. And, you know, offering, you know, this opportunity, whether it's individuals, you know, that are not coming home or not, I mean, they'll be able to, you know, walk around, you know, their perspective, their perspective institutions and be better men or women too as well, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah. You know, it's 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 a it can it can play out either or because, you know, the reality is there's people in the Walla Wallas, the Purdies, the Column Bays of Washington State or the Stafford Creeks or whatever case that ain't coming home. You know, that you know, yeah. that have twenty five to life or thirty or whatever the case may be, but you know, that can be that individual, that man or that woman who can get at a youngster that has only six months left and plant the seed in that youngster's mind or that young woman's mind in order to get them on the right track so they won't ever have to see them again. You know, that could just be their, yep. you know, that that could be just that education through dealing with your organization and getting educated and incarcerated, even though they're not coming back to the streets, they can bless a young man or a young woman with, you know, the gift to pursue uh, education and not be able to come back to raise their family or do something good. So, I mean, you know, that's why it's, it's, it's a good thing either way you look at it, you know. With that yeah, being I, said, I, sorry, with, with, with that being said, what do you think has been the biggest challenge for you uh, continuing this process? Well, one of them relates to what you all were just saying that, Sometimes people say, well, we should only offer this opportunity to people who have only five years or seven years, whereas in in Purdy, it's really the women who had long sentences, who have to live there for a long time, who create the culture so that people are like, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can go to, to college. That seems like a good idea. They They are the sort of leaders. I mean, and some of them are coming closer to release, but... I really believe you have to include people with long sentences and people with shorter sentences for precisely why you said, because they become mentors, they they can change the culture of a place. And it's really um, the, the big challenge. Out in the world, the big challenge is what you're saying, that how do you get people out there who have this idea of what a person in prison is like to say, to see that they're, people are human beings, people are flawed, but that doesn't mean they're they're bad and that people have the capacity, like I keep saying, to change and that everybody is worthy of human dignity, treating all people as with dignity. And I think that that out there, getting that message across, because people will say, well, why would you educate people in prison? You know, it's like just throw them away. So changing that yeah. perception is important to me. And then in the prison, so many people have had like the women, we did this survey, over 85% of them have um, domestic violence, sexual assault, abuse as a kid. So there's all this trauma. A lot of people have had really terrible experiences in school. So it's actually also giving people the confidence and the self-esteem to say, like, you can do this. You you can be a college student. And you can, you can, and I think what, how that has happened is because of older students, like you said, mentoring and helping along newer students to say, don't give up, 
you can do this. You're not worthless. You you have this. You you have the ability. You're smart enough. You're good enough. And that takes a long time. I mean, you, I can go in there and teach a college class, but there's all this other stuff that has to happen so that people believe that they they can they can do this. Yeah. I believe it, but people have to believe it for themselves. Exactly. You know, and a lot of times the environment, the energy, just people encouraging them that they can, that they know how, that they have to dig deep and 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 and, and bring the passion to, you know, the forefront and. A lot of people just, you know, and then you have one thing about being in a men's prison, you know, a lot of people, especially coming from a street environment, they're more, it's a peer pressure thing. So they're looking at, you know, they have this quote that says, if you live for acceptance, you'll die from rejection, you know? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people incarcerated, it's more about what will my homies think? You know, will my homies or my friends call me a square, somebody, a nerd, that I'm pursuing my education now? You know, because ignorance is right. uh, ignorance is at the forefront in a lot of individual circles in, in the prison system. You have those, uh, you can call them the 1% of, of the prison, you know, throughout different institutions who the people that they don't care what their friends say about them going to pursue positive programs, educational programs that, you know, they're not worried about people ostracizing them for, you know, doing something positive because, you know, the reality is that there's a lot of negativity, but you have the individuals who are like-minded, who merge together, and who come together in order to, you know, support each other, to keep each other focused on the right track. And just by you doing what you're doing... You have 60 seconds remaining. The outside puts people in a good position to, to maintain that, that mindset, you know? Yeah, I agree. Also, if you imagined however many people... So there's 900 women at Purdy... What if like 400 of them were in college? You know that then people aren't saying, "Oh, you're," you know, there, there isn't that peer pressure. They're looking around and saying, "Wow, there's this huge number of people that are doing this thing. It, yeah. it, it seems yeah. like a good thing. I'm going to do that." Can change a place. So we have 30 seconds remaining. Okay, so Tanya, what is your overall goal with what you're doing currently now? Um, really, my goal is to put myself out of business so that um so that uh if i imagine there's so many people going to college inside that soon they have to start shutting down prisons because no one's coming in and i mean this is again my aspirational goal right but the idea should be that we don't have as many people in prison so hopefully people are getting are able to go to college and so they're not ending up in prison in the first place and those that there are getting an education and they're staying out and so they don't even have people bodies to fill these prisons and they have to start shutting them down and then they don't need me at all um so, so i think that we should always imagine our work that way because i have to work in a prison and i don't agree i don't agree with that prison all the time and um I I just want to keep that at the forefront, that the idea is that we don't want as many people in there in the first place. Like, I want to provide education, but I really don't think as many people should be in prison um, as as are there. So that's the goal. But then the goal is also that people are getting a degree, they're getting out, they're staying in school, they're finding meaningful careers, not just crappy jobs, but careers and they're doing things that are important to them and they're reconnecting to their families and their positive influence on their kids and their communities. To me, that would be the best outcome. Definitely. I 
that's, that's, that's a good uh, outcome to push towards. Uh, it's, it's, this is kind of a little bit in to what you kind of almost kind of alluded to when you were just speaking, but I was going to ask, has this process ever along the lines from the exception or to wherever you are now, has this process ever discouraged you to the point you wanted to just leave it alone? But what <laughs> kept the the fire in your heart, the resilience and the motivation to just stay strong, stand firm and keep pushing for, you know, your vision and, and, and everything that you have for, for this particular, you know, goal? Uh, well, I'm laughing because there are many times where I just think, I, you know, it would be easier not to have to, to do this because, but the yeah. thing that keeps in, a lot of that comes not though from being in the prison. It's so like dealing with the Department of Correction policies or being in meetings with certain people, but it's when I go back in the prison and actually I see the, what's happening in the classrooms there and I talk to the students or I go to a really great meeting with the students or uh, we do advising sessions every uh, Friday, so sometimes if I'm able to, I'm able to advise individual students about, you know, what are you taking, what do you want to take, what do you want to do. It's that. It's actually being with the students that inspires me, and then I think, okay, I, I can't quit because um, I believe in these people, and right now, um, you know, we're making a difference, and sometimes it feels, I feel like when you work in a prison, it's always, it's always a, um, in a way, you're always losing the battle, and sometimes you're losing it more. But there are moments where you know we see. I feel like it is directly impacting people's lives, so I keep doing it. And I, because I don't want, I don't want it to go away, and I don't want it to somebody to come in and say, oh, now there's all this money. They're giving all this federal money for college, so we'll just create. You know, we'll we'll just have everybody sit in front of a computer and do some correspondence. Like, I think there's a real value in having outside professors come in and having students have to interact with each other in a classroom, um, and that I want it to be the best education that it can be, even if it's in a prison. Is there any course that's uh, currently the most popular over any other one? Uh, people love psychology. They love psychology. Um, yes. And we actually offered our first, well, we've, now it's three times, but when we first offered science classes, so we did environmental science, and then we did biology, um, and we're doing an upper-level human biology class, so we were able to get permission to bring in things so people could do um, scientific experiments, like extract the DNA from a strawberry or um, that kind of stuff. You know, I'd love to be able to – this is – it's hard to get permission, but, like, teach chemistry. You know, any anything that they say, you can't do this, I like being able to find a way to figure out how we can make it work. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. But they love, they love, people really love doing, being able to do science. We've had like, classes on Shakespeare. We've had classes on, um, uh, you know, the history of the United States, uh, race and politics. And we do a lecture series, so we bring in people every month um, to talk. And right now we're bringing in people to talk about the election. And, like, right, or we cool. had the, the Washington Poet Po, the poet, poet laureate of Washington came a couple about a month ago, so I think you know all that stuff is just a way to expose people to to more things. We're doing philosophy in the fall. Um, you know, some classes people find really hard, especially math. Um, the math, the college level math is 107, 
and people complain, and they complain about biology, but then when then there's a two-week break between semesters, and students, when we come back, will be like, we missed you. When we have waiting for classes to start, when is it going to start? So, you know, it's it's funny. They're like students anywhere. You know, they complain about the work, but they're, yeah. you know, happy to be doing it, too. <laughs> yeah, I can remember it's all funny. Time. You know, it, it's funny that you said that the different classes that are offered, the different opportunities that are offered to people gets them outside of the box to think about doing different things and, and, and getting involved in different things because now me being from the quote-unquote streets, me being a city boy, I can't hear uh-huh. the large correction center. I can't hear the large correction center, and I'm a part of what, uh, if you've probably heard of it, SPP, Sustainable Prisons Project. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm a turtle technician. I'm a turtle technician. Oh, wow. So they have uh, turtles that I deal with that have uh, – you can look at our video through the Oregon Zoo website or the SPP website under, uh, you know, Turtle Technician or probably Terrell Hill or whatnot, but we have uh, videos and stuff that we're doing because we're uh, nursing uh, turtles, the western pond turtle, who is an endangered species that had uh, a disease, a shell disease, that they don't even know what caused it. So that's just something that me being from my past background, I probably would have never even pursued to even think about getting involved with this program. But now that I'm more intellectually evolved and I have different thoughts about different things and I'm willing to go outside of the box with certain things that I'm interested in, it put me in a position I'm an actual what they call a turtle technician dealing with, you know, uh, uh, something that's related to uh, biology and, and dealing with animals and this, that, or the third. You know, so it's just it, what you mm-hmm. said, it, it, it does kind of it's synonymous exactly with what you said you know so it's important that people yeah. you know go out on the limb and you know just try new things because people don't know what their interests are until they you know saying peak in other areas you know yep yeah i agree and it's like someone in doing that could say hey I, I always realized i wanted to be a biologist or you know i i never knew because i know one never gave me gave me the space to even imagine that i could be interested in that or i'm going to be a mathematician um there's a great college program in new york it's one of the oldest in the country called bard and they have hundreds of students men mostly in new york going to college and the two most popular majors are, for, and not just for a two-year degree, for a four-year degree, are math. And then they have a lot of people, um, did a lot of double majors in math and Chinese. And, I mean, you know, you just, like, you wouldn't necessarily think of a guy in a prison wanting to, to get a bachelor's degree in upper-level math and Chinese. But, like, why not? You know, why, why, yeah. why limit people? Yeah, especially with, you know, our diverse culture, you know, and, Yep. It's important, you know. And I mean, this is kind of can be a last question if need be, okay. based on the time constraints. But I wanted to okay. uh, see if you had any uh, words of wisdom for anybody out there who is a family member, uh, a significant other, to anyone incarcerated, and, you know, just anything to inspire them to support, you know, their family their 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 significant other, their cousin, their brother, their uncle, their boyfriend, their girlfriend, or whatever the case may be, to you know just inspire them to want to pursue education and 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 or help or assist with whatever that you guys might be doing in the community at large or online in order to help you know push your program to the max so you know it's able to reach you know potentially every uh, institution in you know uh, Washington State or around the country at large. So is there anything you have to probably you need to say on that matter? 
Sure. I would say, um, you know, beige people should definitely go to our website, which is um, sepps.org, seps.org. And we have a Facebook page, but we have a lot of family members of our students um, involved in that. And so it's a really good way to share information. I think family members are the most important piece of this, and they're often um, – you know, they're not always, we're not always able to connect to them, but like with, we just had graduation and we had family members there. And I think what they can do is, you know, one, just encourage people on the inside to, to work towards, you know, changing their lives and doing something else to talk to us. Like if people need support financially or otherwise to continue their education, you know, how can we reach out or be in, you know, uh, in between to help. And just to say, to realize that, uh, you you want you want to you want to sort of build this community that we're all connected. It's not just people going in the, in college in the prison. It's this much wider base of support. It's the only way it succeeds is because family members are saying you can do this. I support you. Faculty are saying you can do this. I support you. We're talking to people around the country to say this is important and that it is a like a web or a network and it only works because. We all are in it together, um, and and I just can't emphasize enough the community part of this that it, it's a it's a community effort. Yeah, it definitely takes a village. Yep. Well, you know, we appreciate everything. Beautiful interview, good insight. You know, every perspective is warranted. You know, I'm glad that you know you took time out of your schedule to you know help us nurse the streets because that's you know what. The Feed the Game podcast is all about. It's about giving back, paying it forward, you know, uh, giving people the opportunity to, you know, get plugged into real perspectives, real opinions, facts, emotion, everything that, you know, all around the board. We just don't talk about one perspective. It's everything, you know, and, and education is something that fuels what we do because without, you know, intellectual elevation, you know, I don't feel that, you know, people can go that far. So, I greatly appreciate everything that you brought to the table today, and I would like to see well, you back in the future. Yeah, and I, I really appreciate what you all are doing. It's amazing. So um, you inspire me, too. So thank you. Awesome. Very thank much. You. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks. Okay. This is the Pizza Game Con podcast. So, uh, yeah, this is Deontay.24K. Like I said, you can get at me on Snapchat or uh, Instagram. This is Terrell Hill, 880-679, live from Larch Correction Center. You can hit me on jpay.com, 880-679. Again, you know, if you didn't know, I appreciate everything. And shout out to Tanya Irvin, professor at the University of Puget Sound, for coming in today and giving us a real good perspective on her program and everything going on. Appreciate everything.